I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We are two landscape designers that have been in the field for well, let me tell you, well over 25 years. Okay, it's Friday, and he almost forgot we are two landscape designers, and he's pretty much putting us in the grave, but we're alive and well. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, through this podcast, we want to bring to you our knowledge and our challenges... And lots of stories, uh, lots of stories, good and bad and everything, our foibles, our mistakes, our successes, and anything that we can help you and your family create the most unique, unusual environments um, that you will truly use and enjoy. Yes, and today we're going to talk about something that a lot of people aren't very familiar with, and that is landscape lighting. And I mean really the details of landscape lighting, not solar little lights. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. And it's funny because, um, you know, everyone thinks about landscaping in terms of what it looks like during the day, but there's a whole nother unique environment at night. And it's, and if you've ever been to a place that has been well lit, and I'm not talking about Dodger Stadium, that everything's lit up, but if you ever <laughs> have gone to a place where the lighting is really well done, um, it's magical. It is, it's a whole new environment. It just, it changes everything to have a wonderful landscape light. What, what I call it is pure art at night. It's, um, and also I tell my clients, it literally is the frosting on the cake. After you've built this landscape, um, to have the trees uplit or downlit, to have the path lights illuminated, it's art. It's true. She's absolutely right. And the thing that's interesting is I remember growing up and no one had lighting. I mean, maybe you put one spotlight on something and it was very harsh and it was it was not exactly what you'd call artistic. And nowadays, I mean, what and we'll go over all of this, the the type of lighting. And even if you if you have some views that you want to cover up, well, you don't light those views. So you light the things that you want to showcase and you keep dark the things that you don't want to look at. And again, it's a whole another dimension it's like stepping into another world it is i don't um i don't know if there was even landscape lighting back in those days do you think well i remember growing up there wasn't as i said they would have a spotlight and then as time went on i remember don't you remember they they and i'm a little older than you um they used to have those plastic lights um and you could buy a set of them and they were plastic and you'd put them around the yard and um they weren't very effective but at least they they gave some light and that they and and from then things have just changed radically yeah i guess so um tiki torches is kind of (laughs) what people had back then i remember those yeah yeah tiki torches well um believe it or not i i you know google the um the next best thing to world books, (laughs) the only thing now, um, says that, uh, believe it or not, a man named Frank B. Nightingale decided to leave his job at GE and pursued his passion for landscape lighting. So his first manufacturing was in 1933. You believe it? Wow. I think that was, I, I would say that that was most likely for commercial, not home. Right, right. I mean, like when, for example, if any of you, and I know, now that it's all over the country, if you go to Disneyland at night, I mean, that's ma- that's magical. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the, 
the twinkle lights and lighting up the shrubs and the and the the animation and everything. But or the lighting is what makes it incredible. Yeah, lighting up the castle. So yeah. Yeah, so there's landscape lighting that, that will illuminate buildings that are several stories high. It's, lighting is pretty amazing. Well, like you said, Dodger Stadium, that's a different form of lighting. But lighting is essential, I think. And I think it's really important that a lot of people are going, well, isn't that, you know, use, isn't that going to use a lot of energy? And don't I need an electrician? And isn't that really involved? And that's what today we're going to talk about is the answer to all of those was no, it isn't in that involved. No, you don't need an electrician. And no, they're not costly other than purchasing the, the, the fixtures. That's, that's true. Another thing people will ask, because I think, um, Almost every outdoor light fixture you buy now is LED. And some people will say, well, don't they have a harsh white light? And the answer is no. They have, you could buy a bright white light if you want. It's called the pure white, or you can get what's called warm white. So LED has come a long way as well. They're not like bright fluorescents. You can have these beautiful accent lights and fixtures that'll pull anything from 2.9 to 4.6 and 8 watts, which is nothing compared to the old fixtures that were 20 watts. Remember those? Right. 20 watts, 100 watts. And the first thing we need to talk to you about is low voltage lighting is a 12 volt system. A regular lighting, regular, like, for example, if you plug in your blender, you're usually in your house, it's usually 110. This is 12 volt. And, and it's so low voltage that, um, number one, you don't have to bury cables. But number two is if you literally picked up the wire and chewed down on it, um, you'd get a little bit of a shock. I mean, uh, but you would, number one, you wouldn't electrocute yourself. Number two, your hair wouldn't even curl. You just get a little bit of a, of a twinge. And it's because it's only running 12 volts. And that's the beauty of it. And that's why they call it low voltage lighting. Exactly. Now, if you were using 110 lighting, uh, I mean, 110 electricity, let's say for your fountain, um, that requires... Um, being in a special cable or uh, gray tube 18 inches below ground. Not right. so with the low voltage. Like Michael said, they're coated wires, and they usually they're just under the bark and on top of the weed bearer. However, it is run, all of your landscape lighting, by a transformer that does indeed need to be plugged into a 110 outlet, usually in the garage, although they're outdoor uh, right. as well. And those transformers then... Uh, when you plug them into the 110, you know, regular outlet, then it converts the energy over to a 12 volt system. And that's what it, and it's done by the transformer rather than just wires, you know, magically appearing. Right. And um, so now let's say your landscape has just gone in. The, I think the most basic lights you want to start with would be path lights. If you have a new path going to your front door and your street's pitch black at night, you're going to want to illuminate the path. Right. Or the other thing that's really important, even if you're on a 
basic budget, besides path lights, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, um, if you've got a walkway that has steps or you've got steps on a deck, steps on a, on a porch, steps on a, on a walkway, um, not illuminating those steps, you can get yourself killed and you can also kill someone else because they can fall down the steps at night because it's all dark. So the, the low voltage lighting comes in different ways. You can actually illuminate the rise. That's the step so that you can see that oh my God, there's in front of me, there's a step and I have to step up rather than just um, all of a sudden you realize you're on a step and you're falling off of it. And there are different kinds of step lights. One can be put in the riser, one can be put on the side, or as, as uh, Roberta had said, um, pathway lights can also illuminate steps. Yeah, the step lights, if you're, if you're having a concrete steps poured, they will form a little box, which the louvered lights, that's what they're called, fit into. But these lights that illuminate the steps, um, there are also lights that go on a fence. There's many different lights that will illuminate your way. And um, I'm amazed at how many homes I go to, and they're beautiful homes, but nobody thought to illuminate the steps. So it's pretty dangerous at night, like Michael was saying. Absolutely. And and you do hear about situations where people fall down the steps, where where uh, people come to visit you and, and they mis, mis, miscalculate. I mean, that's probably one of the most dangerous things is people falling on on uh, rises and steps and things like that. So illumination, it's not only for aesthetics, but I will tell you, it's extremely functional and important to keep you from killing yourself. Right. And, and it also illuminates your landscape, which makes it a safer place. It's not pitch black. So um, it's um, lovely to come home and actually see things and see if there's anybody hiding in the bushes, which hopefully that doesn't happen. Exactly. But yeah, but with, with the so those uh, the lights that would illuminate steps, I call them louvered lights. They come in different sizes. They come some with a little grill on the front. Sometimes it's a more op opaque, but the light shines through. So there's different, um, there are so many different varieties now of landscape lighting, and that's why we're really excited to bring it to you. So, um, so yeah, so, so path lights are very important. Step lights are very important. And then there's the, well, well before we go to the architectural lighting, let's, let's talk about uplighting and downlighting trees, Michael. Right. Those are accent light, lights on the trees, on the plants. And the thing that's so neat about that is, is that let's say you have this wonderful olive tree, fruitless olive tree, or you've got a Japanese maple. And during the day, of course, yeah, they're beautiful. But at night, if you put an uplight on them, you, you put a light at the base of it. And something, let's say something has this several multi-stemmed, quality and it's all twisted and gnarled and you suddenly put a light on it so that at night that twisted bark that um trunk is all illuminated oh my god it 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 totally is magical and it's amazing because the different accent lights can can do a narrow uh, ray of light can do a more open ray of light it depends on the fixture and it depends on um how much you want to illuminate that's that's true. So um, so your landscape lighting, uh, imagine the beam is sort of a cone. You can get if you have like, let's say you have a little urn water fountain by your front door. You don't want to put a 35 degree spread on that, a big wide cone. You get something like 10 to 15 degrees. Let's say you have a redwood. Well, you might want to go 55 to 60 
degree spread, which means instead of a light shining just up the trunk, the light would illuminate the whole base and up the tree. So these are also important considerations. And also, if you, so many homes have large trees that have been there for 50 plus years. Don't just put one light at the base because you're only going to see one little part of the tree. If you're going to illuminate this grand oaks, you know, oak that we have around here, you're going to need them, you know, two or three of them to illuminate the whole tree. And I'm telling you, you could go out and buy a sculpture for your landscape, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, but illuminating a gorgeous tree is worth all of that and more. And it's oh, absolutely. absolutely. It's stunning. So up lighting is really beautiful. And then there's down lighting. You can light down from a tree. And let's say you have a big tree that's over your sitting area. They make these beautiful hanging lights. We're not talking about bistro lights right now, but hanging lights that, that gently illuminate um, what's below. Actually, I've used those quite a bit. I use them on arbors. I have one. Um, I have four of them on an arbor that holds a rose over my front door. And they're really, they're really lovely. But um, again, if your tree is a massive oak and you have to climb 30 feet up, forget it. You don't want hanging lights. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's, it's so, there's a whole science behind lighting. And it's funny, it's not just, oh, I put light here, light here. You actually, I mean, one of the things that's so neat about it is, you know, um, both Roberta and I do planting design. Um, but as much as you think about what plant to put and what, what's going to bloom and what's going to work and what's going to uh, be at the right height, there's also lighting design because the, not every fixture will work for everything, as, as Roberta was saying. I mean, maybe you have a piece of art that you need to illuminate. Maybe you have a water feature that instead of uplighting it, you want to be able to put a light on a fence that shines down on it. And so you can actually see more of the water flowing down. I mean, there are so many things, um, nuances that you want to think about, um, even even down to the twinkle lights or the little rope lights, which are now um, low voltage, you know, that you can have these little twinkle lights, you know, that everyone thinks of, that are very romantic. Well, they're they now come in low voltage. They do. They do. And um, downlighting a tree or an area or uplighting Imagine um, you remodeled your kitchen and you decide, oh, we'll just put some lights in. And then you realize when you're in the kitchen, uh, you cast a shadow over what you're cooking. You can't really see or the lighting is not strong enough. So very a lot of people hire lighting designers, you know, to yeah. make sure after they put all this money into the remodel that it's it's illuminated properly. And that's what we're talking about with the landscape is is bringing out the best of it and. Um, I was telling you, Michael, about these new lights, um, and I'm talking about a Kitchler light, and it is a downlight, but it's a light that creates almost a 3D effect. It's it's pretty amazing, and um, there's filters on these lights too. If you want to have a you know a little blue cast or a little yellow cast, you could do that. And then here's a really cool part about these new lights. You're probably familiar, Michael, with the VLO light. Mm, I don't, it's not ringing a bell. So, so here's, here's what the VLO light, it's a spotlight, but let's say you, your landscape just went in and you have this little 15 gallon tree, might be six feet tall and a skinny little branch. Well, you don't want to put a 35 degree or a 60 degree 
uh, cast of light on that, but it, but eventually it's going to get there. So a VLO has the ability, it comes with a little magnetic, what looks like a pen, that over the years, you can make it brighter by three times. So instead uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now yeah, I do. And, and those are, those are sold by Kitchler, right? Yeah, it's a Kitchler, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a variable light where if you started with a little light, and then 10 years later, it's a dinky little light. doesn't do anything. And then if you started with a really big light, you know, your neighbors might complain because like, whoa, I've got all this light. So the VLO, one light allows you to use it through the years and get stronger, which is really, really lovely. So t for, uh, for one second, tell me a little bit more about the almost the 3D lights. Because one of the things that you will find, I mean, as a designer and any, any um, occupation, things change all the time. Things are modernizing, new products come out, mm -hmm. and it, it's really hard to always stay on top. It's, and, and, it's tough, yeah. yeah. Well, um, so this is a brand new catalog that just came out from Kitchler, and they have a light uh, that creates what's called a moonlight effect. So it's a light that um, would be mounted from a tree or from a higher space shining down. And it has sort of a bluish filter so that when you're sitting outside, it's almost like moonlight and the shadows around you are like moonlight. It's really beautiful. And so it's, um, it comes with a moonlighting kit. So it's got this long cowl that goes on it. So, um, you know, it's not shining everywhere. It's shining on what you're accenting. And it comes with what's called a mercury vapor green lens to mimic the color of the moon. And Ooh. yeah, and you'd use a tree bracket to mount it. So, um, I mean, your yard, we're always talking about how to create just the most amazing, wonderful place you want to be in. And of course, that varies with everybody. But at night, to let the lighting continue on with that um, that beauty is is just a whole nother world. And these lights are now available, and they're not you know they're not uh, they're not thousands of dollars. They're a couple hundred dollars, but not a couple thousand dollars. So they're on a um, you'd hang it from a tree, or would you? Are they freestanding? No, you'd mount it from a tree, but you could also mount it from below too. But you'd get the effect from um, starting high and going low. Ooh, That's yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you all about it because it's a six, it is a 60 inch wide flood and um, and you put it's a bright white, but you put this filter on it with the moon. It's kind of like a moonlight filter. And let's say you have, you know, seating or a bench under your tree. It would be awesome. This light is a bluey white light. Anyway. Sounds beautiful. I See, and, and, you know, it's funny because even though we've been in the business for years, when you're exposed to these new products and people show you some things, um, it's exciting. It's really exciting because you take something that you've been doing all the time and now you've got another element to make it even more wonderful, aesthetically pleasing and add another dimension to your design. It is. It, you know, it gets me excited and it gets my creative juices going. And I'm sure with you as well. So um, it's um, available now. And we as designers love when new stuff comes out. And so, yes, you know, this is a different subject. But years ago, when we wanted to border a lawn, we had to use wood bender board. Remember? Right. And then yep. it would rot. And then then concrete most strips were in 
And, um, you know, that, that's kind of, we're done with that. That's huge. Like, look at my lawn. I'm going to draw a big, you know, marker around it. And then we used Epic board, which is recycled plastic and wood composite. That's the, you know, recycled bender board. And yet it would crack and break in the joints. And now we could use steel. Well, with right. landscape lighting, it's the same thing. We were relegated to 20 watts a piece, which meant that if we wanted to illuminate one part of the yard and not the other, we'd have to have all these different transformers, right? Yep, yep. And now we have digital transformers that um, you could even put your water feature on there, and it can all be operated from your phone. This is new. This is completely new, and it's it's all about technology, you know. And some of it is is um, intimidating, but once you get the hang of it, I mean, again, your phone is not only just to make phone calls and to send uh, emails and texts, but now you can control the fountain and the the lighting and the water features and and um, the the. Um, the fireplaces. Your it's front door locked even. You can, you can even lock your front door by an app yes, on your phone. And see who's coming to your front door. Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, something else I want to add before we go on to other forms of lighting. Um, with the path lights, a lot of people say, well, I could just get solar lights. Well, a solar, a photovoltaic cell for that solar light is only enough to illuminate the light bulb, not to cast light. When you're putting in footlights, which usually stand about 20 inches tall, there's, you know, they vary a little bit. It's casting a six or seven foot circle around it. Right. And, and people talk to me about all the time, well, can we use solar lights? And at this moment in time, I'm not saying never, but at this moment in time, the technology hasn't developed enough so that the solar lights really do not illuminate anything. So you see them up a pathway and you can barely see the light. You know, you'll see the fixture, but they're not illuminating anything. And that's what's kind of frustrating because it's too new of technology right now to be as effective as you would think. With the new LED lights, the one thing that's neat is um, they have such a long, they, they use so little energy and they have such a long lifespan that, that you can run them for thousands of hours before they ever burn out. That's true. And, and these lights no longer have bulbs that you need to change. They are encased, which means it's part of the light and they're warrantied for 15 years. So all of it is a win-win as far as I'm concerned. I agree. And, I agree. Yeah. And then um, they also make lights, LED lights, that can be submerged in water. So if you do have a water feature, they could be at the base of your waterfall shining up. Which and is that's really nice because the truth is, if you have, for example, a koi pond and at night, you're never going to see your fish. But if you have an underwater light shining on there... How magical is that to be able to see these gorgeous fish floating around and you also see see the, the water cascading down onto onto other pieces of water or sections of water. I mean, the, the night lighting is it, that they've developed now for underwater is just pretty amazing. It is. It's it's really amazing. Now, um, both you and I do a lot of structures and retaining walls and stone walls, and there are lights. There are lights that actually I call them strip lights that can go under the cap and shine down the wall. And there are lights called wall wash lights. So if you have a beautiful or even part of your your home, if you want to uplight a wall with the landscape, there are these widespread landscape lights for washing the wall. Or if you have a, 
let's say a whole hedge of bamboo and you want to illuminate it, instead of using the little spotlights, you use the wall wash lights and they're beautiful. Oh, I love that. That's such a great effect. And and uh, what Roberta was saying, under wall, like, like, for example, if you have a raised planter, you put this neat cap on there and instead of at night, the planter, the face of the planter, maybe it's faced in brick or stone, instead of it being just pitch black now you get this really wonderful dimension because the light isn't bright but what it does is it it um the shadow pattern that you get off the stone off the brick off the the tile is just really really amazing it's it's really beautiful so it's a whole added um level to your landscape and you know by the time you're done it's not inexpensive however again it is the frosting on the cake. And I urge anybody with their budget to cut out part of that for your landscape lighting because you're going to have a gorgeous landscape. And as soon as it gets dark, you're not going to see it. <laughs> Let's Absolutely. And I think that that's really important. It's like anything else is, is if you're if you're working on your house. You know, you can buy a couch, you can buy chairs, but then it comes time for an area rug or a coffee table or a side table. Or if you've got a bookshelf, you got to buy books. So this is just as important when you're doing the inside of the house. You can consider the accessorizing well in the yard besides plants and furniture. Lighting is accessorizing your yard. So you need to think about it. It's one of an important element that you need to to set aside money, as Roberta said, to accessorize. And lighting is an accessory that you don't want to forget about. Right. And um, part of that, the lighting, there are outdoor ceiling fans as well. So, um, you know, if you're having an overhang or you've got an area to cook or just gather, having a ceiling fan, especially where we live in Northern California with the heat, is really really important and they have lights as well so it's a different type of light and um i'd, I'd say that that is a very important accessory as well i agree i agree and then um there's the magical charm of bistro lights and i think everybody are familiar now they're like the strings of lights with the hanging bulbs those are bistro lights and um, you could buy a kit for 50 bucks at Costco. They're 110 and you plug them in. Or you could get them 12 volt with these beautiful um, Edison bulbs. And you can hook it straight into your transformer. And again, if you have a digital transformer, which are not that expensive, you know, some nights when you're not entertaining, you might not want the bistro lights on. You could turn them off. However, if you have the Costco lights, you have to go out and unplug them. So right. they're, they're two different... Um, they're both bistro lights, but they're, um, you know, two different ways of, of working with them. And they're wonderful as well because, you know, often when you're having dinner outside and um, you have some landscape lighting, you need to illuminate the table so that people can see what they're eating. And bistro lights just do a wonderful job of casting a wide, gentle uh, form of light over the whole area. I like that. And, and again, it's all about creating ambiance, creating a, a place of, of enjoyment. Um, when you go to a really romantic restaurant and they dim the lights, um, they put a candle on the table. It's the same thing outside. If you're going to entertain, to be able to put in your landscape lighting and have the bistro lights, or then you can also have the candle. You can also, what's really cool is they even have some of the lights. You can hang lanterns mm -hmm. from 
free and those are low voltage and everything and you can have those illuminated at different times because um the one thing that you have to understand is with lighting because you have a transformer and you have different stations it, when you turn on the lights doesn't mean that all the lights go on at the same time you can turn on just your um, and it depends on how you design it but you can just turn on your overhead or just turn on the the back of your yard or just turn on the lights that illuminate your artwork or your water feature or your dining table so they're at different stations so it's not like every time I, I go in the backyard, I have to turn on every light that I have. No, you can turn on different things at different times, which makes for a really wonderful effect. It is. And there is also, um, I have my front on what's called a solenoid, which means that my lights will go on automatically when the sun goes down and they'll stay on all night and then they'll go off when the sun rises. So there's that. That way you don't even have to deal with it. And then in my backyard, I do have um, a digital timer where, because, you know, there are times I don't want them on until midnight, you know, might want right. them to go off. So, you you know, you have the, that choice as well. With the digital, you have that choice. And um, and if you don't even want to bother, you could just put the solenoid and then you've got it um, going with the on and off and the sun coming up and down. And I have these lights, they're by Kitchler, and they're very modern looking. They have kind of a flat black top. And around um, October and, you know, before Halloween, I put little pumpkins on them. <laughs> so they've become my decoration as well, or my the place for decoration, which is really nice when you decorate. But what I do is nothing compared to what Michael Glassman does as far as Halloween and decorating. That's true, and there will be a Halloween party this year. Varian shuts us down, but yes, plan on it. Okay, yeah, I, that's the one time of year where I um, I really dress up. In fact, I don't think anybody really recognizes me when I walk in. No, in fact, I have to say one year she came, and oh my God, her costume was the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, she came dressed as, as you know, kind of ghostly. Oh my God, it was incredible. Yeah. All I can say is it's incredible. Well, yeah, I, I kind of haunt. Sometimes I'll, I'll haunt, uh, use clothing stores and thrift shops to find, you know, an old wedding dress and then cut out the inside in any way. Um, when you have parties or anything else, landscape lighting is the is the key. And um, it's available. We we tend I tend to use Kitchler lighting, but there's there's many different types. Um, there's many different companies of LED landscape lighting. I just go with um, a company who really stands behind their product. And if anything happens, the dog breaks the light, they'll replace it. You know, absolutely. I like them too. There's FX Luminaire. There's lots of um, lots FX of other Vista. Uh huh. Yep. But I will say, Kitchler has really been on the cutting edge in terms of coming up with new product. That's just pretty amazing. It is amazing. And if you're not working with a designer and you do pick up a catalog, the catalog is pretty, um, it, it's there to educate you on what the lights do, how to place them, you know, how many feet away do you need the, the path lights. So you don't need a designer to work out your lighting. It's, uh, we know what we're doing and it's, it's easy for us, but it is simply um, available to everybody, not just people that are hiring, uh, hiring a designer. Right. Okay, well, we've given you our spiel, our spiel on lighting. And yes, yes, and hopefully we've not only entertained you, but we've we've really spiked your interest that you want to go out and start doing lighting in your backyard. 
Yeah. And you know what? You just drive around the neighborhood and see which houses are um, illuminated with landscape lighting and you'll see um, what a difference it is and steps and so on and so forth. So let let this be the the little seed that we're planting that grows into some beautiful lighting in your yard. I agree. So I'm Michael Glassman. And I'm Roberta Walker. And, and we're, we're digging, digging deep. deep. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>